the bridge on FM 96.9 The Game, powered by Advent Health. Advent Health, they're sponsoring its Children's Day of Giving on December 14th, and it's your chance to help kids in the hospital this holiday season. Your donation stays local, helps cover gas and grocery bills for families with kids undergoing treatment. Great cause. Visit GiveForKidsToday.com to donate. What's the musical theme? So today is like our iHeartMedia Christmas party. We're thinking about songs or holiday songs you hear at a Christmas party. The songs you hear. What's the name? I don't even know the name of this. Daniels, do you know who sings this song? Of course I do. Mike, in the old Batman TV series, when Batman and Robin found themselves in a fight against the bad guys and the screen was tilted, often things would come up on the screen when mm-hmm. Batman would throw a punch, and they would include what? Pow! Or, Pow. Oh, what? This is Wham. That might be the greatest clue ever killed. <laughs> Air horn it. Air horn it. <laughs> That's a good one. That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, well, thank was you. wham. Yeah. Dear Casey, can you please play Last Christmas? <laughs> Who was the main guy in Wham? George Michael. George Michael. Then looked across at Andrew Ridgely and said, "Ah, I'm not quite sure I need your big boy. See you later." Always get, always get George Michael and Boy George mixed up for some reason. Yeah. Same era? Not not the Oh yeah, no no, absolutely same time in the eighties. Yeah. Um Mike Hugan had just said something, our college football guru, and you're familiar with with the new head coach at USF, Alex Golish. Um he said that he's the play caller at Tennessee. When did that start? I thought Hypo called the plays. Yeah, I was fascinated by the uh Twitter uh, football coaches that uh, you know have the account like Go Vols eight six four three and stuff like that that seem to know. Um, Alex Golish, did he call plays? I guess depending on who you ask at Tennessee, he was in Josh Heupel's ear, and I guess this year was more involved in offensive preparation. But Josh Heupel calls the plays. Alex Golish may have been involved in the game, and I'm not saying he won't be a good head coach. I, it, it's an interesting hire. What did you What uh, did you think of him at UCF? He spent one year on the staff at UCF, okay. and and I mean, Alex is a nice guy. I I, I can't mm-hmm. tell you that I know enough about um, whether he is you know ready to be head coach. But South Florida hired him. I think the optics of hiring Tennessee's offense coordinator looks good. I do think. I do think South Florida sent people on a roller coaster ride thinking that Deion Sanders was a legitimate candidate and Jamie Chadwell was a legitimate candidate and then some other names out there. Alex Oldish's name was never among the names that was put out there. They and couldn't get Jamie Chadwell? Why? Because of Liberty? Jamie Chadwell just agreed to take $4 million at Liberty and whether South Florida was willing to pay that or not, I, I, I can't speak for that. What's um, a better job, USF or Liberty? It should be South Florida. Yeah. But I don't know if it is in the sense of what kind of money Liberty has been spending on its facilities and wanting to pay its coach. 
Uh, listen, I think Deion Sanders probably would have been better at South Florida. See, I think Deion made a move because I think, this is my opinion, I wrote about this in my column today, 96 on the game.com, the Monday Cheap notebook. Plug. I think Deion Sanders was really upset about <clears throat> other jobs that he was never considered for. Like, I think Dion wanted an opportunity to talk to Auburn. And if Lane Kiffin was going to uh, Auburn, he would have loved to talk to Ole Miss. And I think Deion Sanders wants to coach in the SEC for not just football reasons. I I, I think he wants to um, be a proud black man to coach an SEC program at a conference mm. that still mm. kind of Good point. challenges itself on that. Yeah, And I think maybe he felt like, I do I have to go someplace at a Power 5 level and have success? No disrespect to Colorado. I don't think that's Dion's last job. Um, but I do think that Dion would have been pretty good at South Florida. He, he he would have had the pick of some really good players in that three lower four-star area um, and could have crushed it there for a couple of years and then maybe bounced. Colorado's got a lot of work to do. I mean, it is not a good P5 program right now. Now, he may crush it in the, in, in the portal and may turn that program around uh, quickly, um, but... I, again, I, I don't know if Alex Golish is going to be a great coach. Maybe he will. It's an interesting hire of a name that wasn't out there, but that doesn't mean that he, he can't be successful at South Florida. Um, they have some issues. They have some finance uh, financial issues that they've got to deal with. Um, you know, saying you're going to build the stadium and actually raising the three hundred to four hundred million dollars that it costs to build it is something else. Um, and we'll see. Maybe he takes advantage of that. I mean, some would tell you that FAU made a better hire in Tom Herman. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we got a lot of NFL to get to. Obviously, a lot of college football, a lot of UCF stuff to get to as well. Uh, we probably won't get to this, so I want to get to it real quick right here. All right, so the bowl matchups were out yesterday. And, you know, you can go look at those online. But w- we were focusing on the three in-state teams that got bowl bids. UCF will be playing Duke in the military bowl the Gators will be playing Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. And, of course, Florida State will be right here in Orlando playing Oklahoma in the Cheez-It Bowl. I'm actually intrigued by the Oklahoma-FSU matchup for obvious reasons. Dylan Gabriel makes his return to Orlando as the quarterback of Oklahoma. Then, of course, Florida State has had a breakthrough season with Mike Norvell. I'm somewhat interested in Duke-UCF. Uh, Florida, Oregon State, even though Oregon State has played well at the end of the year, that doesn't really interest me that much. Daniels? Um, yeah, look, I don't. I, uh, <laughs> to me, a Gator fan today, the happiest news that a Gator fan has today is they may have seen that DJ Uyunglele said he's been offered by Florida. <laughs> right? Uh, and. As I wrote about that today, too. That's supposed to excite you? No, 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 but I'm just saying, and we're going to get to the Mikey Keene stuff, it's just, welcome to college football. Two years ago, he was better than Trevor Lawrence because he won at Notre Dame as a freshman. He was the best quarterback we'd ever seen. And today, he's telling you on Twitter that he's getting offers from other schools because he's transferring. I mean, Yeah, because they found their new quarterback in the the championship. Another freshman, right. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't know how excited a Florida fan is, and while it sounds good about Vegas after six and six a year, where you're already kind of moving on. And, and by the way, do you think, Mike, do you think that DJ Ugangle is offered if Anthony Richardson's coming back? No. <laughs> so no. if you ever wanted proof about what's happening there, um, I, no knock on Oklahoma. I think if you're Florida State, maybe you wanted somebody had a better year. 
Now, Maybe. I think it's a great uh, brand matchup. You, you also know. want somebody you can beat. You, <laughs> what, what do you mean you can beat? I mean, they, Florida State should they should right, handle right, them. right, right, right. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, Florida State uh, had such a strong finish that you know that can make a case about playing, um, you know, in, in a bowl against another ranked team, and they're going to get a, a, an Oklahoma team that limped their way through the season. So, yeah. um, but I like the uh, again from a brand standpoint, I you know, it's a, a good bowl. It's a great chance for Mike Novell to get a tenth win. If I were Florida State, though, if I were Florida State's fans. I would rather play. You, you said you know you like a chance to play a, a a ranked team, all right? I would rather play like Oklahoma than I don't know. Give me a ranked team, Oregon State, the team the Gators are playing in the Las Vegas. I'd rather play Oklahoma than Oregon State because it sounds better. Yeah. Oh, I, look, I think if I'm a Florida State fan, you know I'm ecstatic because. Then on the college football playoff, and because of other the way teams finished, they weren't going to get, you know, uh, a New Year's Six bowl. They're playing in Florida, and, and it's a, yeah. a it's a year to celebrate Florida State. So from that standpoint, and and we're biased because it's in Orlando. I think it's great for a Seminole fan to almost celebrate the season by coming here and seeing them win a tenth game and have uh, you know a lot of momentum the next season. That uh, to me, that's the that's the biggest upside for an FSU fan. Celebrate what's been a really good year. The game's here, um, and. They win, win a 10th game, and you feel great about 23. If you're a Florida State fan, would you rather play Oklahoma or South Carolina? Uh, well, Oklahoma, South Carolina finished really strong, and, and I'm not quite sure Oklahoma is that motivated to play in this game. Okay, all right. That's all I'm saying. Get your 10th win and go home, right? Yeah, Absolutely. All right, straight ahead, uh, Mikey Keene. He has already announced he's transferring. Another uh, yarder has announced he's transferring. The transfer portal is open as of today. We'll get into that. We'll get into the ramifications of UCF's loss against Tulane. We'll get into the college football playoff, NFL news, all that coming your way on the bridge. Welcome back to The Bridge, brought to you by Advent Health. It's time to feel whole with Advent Health. For more information, adventhealth.com. All right, let's get to the Mikey King story. Um, I, I, I have to admit, Daniels, when I was watching the game on Saturday, and you know, before the game, um, Tom Luganbill, the sideline reporter, for ESPN for the American Athletic Conference Championship game, he said Mikey Keene will not be available to play today. Um, player's choice is what he said. Player's choice. Mikey Keene opted out of playing in the game because he wanted to save that extra year of eligibility. He didn't want to burn the redshirt year. Um, Gus Malzahn. The coach of UCF said after the game, we talked about it earlier in the week. I knew all along he wasn't going to play. Thomas Castellanos took all of the second-team reps during the week, and Gus Malzahn also said he talked to Mikey Keene uh, early in the season, or I guess even before the season, about we're going to do everything we can not to burn your redshirt year because you're not the starting quarterback. Um, but as I said, at first glance, when I, I learned about it, I was like, what in the hell is going on? He's opting out of a championship game when UCF clearly could have used him 
in that championship game. Um, and then I got to thinking about it. Business decision. I read Mackenzie Milton's tweet about it. Mackenzie Milton said he understood. This is, you know, this is the new age of college football where players have to make business decisions. Did you have an issue with it, Daniels? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I, know. I mean, I have to no, admit, no. Yeah. I didn't like it, Daniels. I right. didn't like it, but the more yeah. I thought about it, I understood it. <laughs> Mike, let me encourage people to go to 96thegame.com and read the Monday Notebook today. Cheap okay. plug. Uh, look, several things can be right. Mm-hmm. There is not always a clear-cut position on things that involve an individual's decision, mm-hmm. a coach that is hired to win football games, and a fan base that is emotionally invested in their team. You can have different opinions based on what position you're in there. Mm-hmm. Mikey Keene, I don't think anybody would argue, has the right to do whatever he thinks is best for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, nobody would argue that. And, 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 and we'll get back to that point in a second. Gus Malzahn is hired to win football games, is he not? Yes, he is. But he also is asked to deal with a roster that now involves a player movement era where players have the freedom to leave whenever they want. And it works both ways. A coach can leave for a different job, a player can leave, and a coach can bring in players. A coach can run players off, a coach can um, you know, uh, now do what they can to keep a player. And the other part of that is, as a fan, you can understand the player has a right and you also want your football team to win because it brings you joy. It, 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 it does all the things that makes us love sports. That's what makes this story, to me, fascinating on so many levels because it applies not just to what happened at UCF on Saturday, but to every team in the country and their fan base that's watching players come and go. And, you know, as I write and, and talk about, you're going to end up rooting for players that you just rooted against because they're now wearing your laundry. Okay. Yeah. And and that's going to happen in the next hour, one day, three days, five days with the transfer portal. We're going to have to hit the top of the hour here, but then I'll get back to the UCF situation. That's just the era that we're in, and I think fans understand that. We're learning to accept it. We understand it, but when your team's playing in a game that matters to you, it's hard to at that moment go, "Yeah, I get it." All right, let's say goodbye to our listeners in Tallahassee at FM 96.5 The Spear. Let's pause right now for station identification. Okay, now let's get to, you know, what happened to UCF, all right? Um, And and I'll say this, and for those that want to criticize whatever... Am I privy to some information that I would not reveal? The answer is yes, but let me also say this. There are discussions that Gus Malzahn and Mikey Keene probably had when Gus made the decision that John Rice Plumley would be the starter. Mm-hmm. Those two, like any quarterback and coach, you would think have a conversation. While Twitter wanted to have you believe that there's some sort of agreement and written agreement, the ebbs and flows and journey of a season, Mike, make a conversation in July and August maybe much different when you get to September, October, November, and December. Would you agree? And clearly there was a plan early in the season. Any fan watching or anybody observing UCF football, Thomas Castellanos played in early season games, not Mikey Keene, and people Mm -hmm. wondered about that. Well, 
Again, did Gus and Mikey have conversations, one, about why he chose John Rice to be the starter, two, about a plan that if Mikey wanted to see how the season goes along and possibly redshirt, okay, how might we handle that? Hey, if we need you, maybe we'll look at the back end of the schedule, which was much more challenging for UCF. Not that non-conference games against Georgia Tech and Mm -hmm. Louisville didn't matter, but Cincinnati and Memphis and Tulane uh, and South Florida rival game and Guess who played in the back end of the season? Mikey Keene did. Mm-hmm. Comes in the Cincinnati game, which UCF has to win. They have mm-hmm. to win. They, they, they lost a week before to East Carolina and helps them win. Starts mm-hmm. and wins the game at Memphis because John Rice Plumley couldn't play because of the hit that he took in the Cincinnati mm-hmm. game. You have to win the Navy game at that moment because you want to control your own destiny. Yeah, Things don't yeah, go yeah. well. Plumley's not healthy. Keene comes in. They don't win. South Florida game, people saw what happened. And I will say this. There's so much more to this story that, 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 that people are making assumptions of. Some of it I can't share because of my position. If people think I owe it to you to tell you that, then that's okay. What are, I mean, what are, what are some assumptions people are making? Well, just uh, uh, an agreement, what was said, what was not said. Um, like I heard you say, we, someone text in that, 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 that I should tell you when did Gus Malzahn know that Mikey Keene wasn't going to play? Look, Gus Malzahn said what he felt he needed to say throughout the week, as did Mikey Keene. You played a clip of Mikey Keene after the South Florida football game when he was asked by a couple of members of the media. He gave an answer. Did he carefully choose his words? Did he get caught up in the emotion of winning that game and being in Let's the spotlight he, again? He, he said, I don't know if we have the clip, but he was asked, you know, would he be willing to burn a red shirt if it if John Rice Plumley was not available in the conference championship game, and I I, I think his exact okay, quote was yeah. Well, here, okay, here it is. Here's a clip. Coach Malzahn said John Rice is dealing with a hamstring injury. This was your fourth appearance of the season. Is that something you think about in terms of your redshirt at all? Uh, you know what? No, because ultimately I just want to play and win games and do whatever I can to help this team win. So. That's nothing that's on my mind right now. Uh, just we're going to championship. That's what's on my mind. So John Rice can't go next week. You're perfectly fine to play your fifth game and may potentially burn a red shirt. Yeah, let's go win a championship. Okay, uh, you know, again, uh, let's go win a championship. Is he caught up in the emotion of the moment? Uh, was that his thought after the game? Did he change his mind a day or two later? Um, was he part of the plan on Sunday to play in the football game? Was he not? Gus Malzahn and Mikey Keene clearly had discussions, and that's between them. If you think that both parties owe you an explanation, then that's your right to think that, um, and you may never get that answer. And I, I, and as I wrote... You know, what that, else, you know, you know what other answer we're not going to ever get? If Mikey Keene had played with UCF, right, he'd which, which, again, and I'll talk about it now, I'll talk about it in my show, I wrote about this. Everybody understands, in the world we're in right now in college football, why Mikey made the decision that he did. Okay, mm-hmm. whether it's on his own, whether it's people that he trusts, say, look, you've got a chance to go and play other places or maybe these places, and here's why you don't want to burn that year. And maybe Gus Malzahn understood that and was willing to work with him to make that happen. Okay, and that's where the emotion of a fan versus a coach wanting to show appreciation for a guy that's done a lot to say, look, he's made a decision. I understand that. I want to help him honor that. Um, and then there's the other side of this, which, I again, I wrote about this. The fan part of you also looks and goes, how many times 
in your life you get a chance to possibly be a sports hero? Yeah. How many times you get to play in a championship game with that on the line where you could help your team win and get to a major bowl game and maybe a performance like that makes your coach think about you in 2023 and a moment where if you help that team win, you become a legend among the fans of that team. How many times has that happened in your life? Maybe Mm -hmm. he'll never capture that wherever he goes, but that doesn't mean that his decision is wrong. The fan of a UCF uh, I mean, uh, 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 of a UCF fan will wonder. And and again, as I said, I've watched every game Mikey Keene took a snap in. He didn't play defense. They still gave up 648 <laughs> yards. Um, now, could he have played? By the way, and, and by the way, win? Michael Michael Pratt, the Tulane quarterback, that guy can play in the NFL. Well, if he does, he'll join his running back because Tajay Spears is absolutely playing in the NFL. Now, Michael Pratt's really good. That 60-yard run from Spears, you want to talk about vision and patience in a run. My God. Yeah, Tajay Spears is very, very good. But but again, could he have uh, helped UCF? Maybe. I don't know. You can actually go and and look and and break down the game. John Rice Plumley from early on, he has no explosion to run the football. And if you see... Uh, in the early series, he's not running by design like he did in the first game. Now, Daniels, I said this. I said this earlier. That first run of his first play from scrimmage, he pulled up, ran eight that. yards, and slid. Uh, uh, absolutely. And then you get late first quarter when Castellanos comes in. He runs for five yards, and and, and you saw. Okay, that's the fifth game. He came in, and, and you knew Mikey wasn't dressed. Okay, Plumley comes back. He stopped on fourth down. He comes out with the injury. UCF. Stops Tulane, who oddly went forward on fourth and short on their side of the field. UCF Four. goes eight plays, 32 yards, and Castellanos is the quarterback. He hits Javon Baker for one pass, and Xavier Townsend runs for the touchdown. After that, UCF has empty possessions. With Castellanos at quarterback, they go punt, punt, end of the half, punt, punt, before Plumley comes back in. Again, I don't know if UCF wins, but if Gus Malzahn has Mikey Keene, do they have more success on offense that yes. keeps the game closer? Yes. Okay, so, so you'll never know that. Again, we're assuming that it. the game is played the rest of the way the same way, but if, you know, let's say Keene has more success and you don't have as many empty possessions, is it a different game? You'll never know. But the fan in you will wonder about that, which makes you go, will you ever get moments like that to play in a championship game? Maybe he plays and it's the same result uh, that happened. You don't know. So again, all opinions can be fair because there are so many different things going on here. And uh, again, I'll just leave it. There's a lot more to this, as I think a sensible fan that you know about. There's far more things behind the scenes and far more discussions. And it doesn't mean that there were hidden agendas and someone lied this or that. Only Gus Malzahn and Mikey Keene know the extent of their conversations, plural, throughout the season. It wasn't like, right. hey, we'll meet in late August, and this is it. Uh, I'm sure okay. they talked about the whole year. A couple of follow-ups, all right? I did think it was weird that Mikey Keene was even on the trip, all right? He, he seemed sort of out of place. Where Every time they showed him, he was back there behind the team, like sitting by himself. That was, Why was he even on the trip, do you think? And secondly, ju- revive my memory here because – did they need Mikey Keene in all four of the previous games he played in? Did they need uh, him in all? Let's go back. 
Plumley gets injured on the hit on the Cincinnati sideline, and, and Mikey they comes in They definitely needed him in that game. Yes, they definitely needed Plumley him Plumley wasn't available in protocol next week to play at Memphis. Definitely needed him there. In the Navy football game, Plumley's hurt. Yes, yes. Okay, South Florida. And then USF, yeah. Okay, yeah, they needed him in all four. Okay. Okay, uh, right. you know, uh, uh, again, and I, I'm just telling you, th- 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 there's more behind the scenes that you'll probably never find out. And I don't think either owes anybody an explanation. Mikey Keene has the right to make the decision to go play football elsewhere. I know a lot of people want to blame Gus Malzahn, and I may sound like I'm protecting Gus. I don't have to protect Gus. He can protect himself. But Gus Why and- would you blame him for that? this? I don't understand why he... Some on Twitter that believe that, but I'm just saying... Every coach is going to deal with similar situations. This happened to be in the week of a championship game. Uh, Mike, look, if, 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 if UCF beats Navy by three instead of losing by three, and John, Rice, and John Rice Plumley plays that entire game, right? Mm-hmm. And Keen doesn't play in a fourth game, and Plumley gets hurt in the Tulane game, and Keen is a fourth game to play. And he plays. Yeah. Okay? You know, I saw yeah. some people say, should they change the red shirt rule if you're playing in a 13th game? I don't know. It's a fair question. Maybe that's for the NCAA to decide, but it's not the rule. Uh, I mean, the rule is what it is now. So, you know, again, Mikey makes the comment after the South Florida game. Does that mean he misled people? Maybe he carefully chose his words. Maybe he's caught up in the emotion of the moment. It's, it's college football in a player movement era. It's unfortunate because... If you feel like he could have helped the team win, but again, can you fault him if he thinks this is what's best? And if he and Gus talked throughout the year, and if Gus did the best that he could to say, "I'm going to honor what he wants to do while he's trying to win games," that's also difficult because he's hired to win games, and yet yeah. maybe he respects what Mikey's done the last two years and wanted to help that situation as well. You talk about the player movement era. Uh, Mikey Keene has already announced, obviously, that he's transferring. Um, UCF's uh, starting quarterback, Devontae Brown, announced his intentions to transfer last night. Um, that's a pretty big loss, too, is it not? Uh, sure. I mean, anytime you lose a, you know, a starter. But, Mike, what does the portal do? Giveth and taketh away. Okay. And uh, this is not towards any one school. But the rules of the transfer portal are that a player cannot have any contact with the school until mm-hmm. today. Okay. When you enter your name and it goes into the portal and it's registered, and then teams can go, oh, Mike Bianchi entered the portal. Mm-hmm. But for the last two-plus months, no one's followed the rules because no one's there to enforce them. And there have been communications with players and coaches and third-party people and high school coaches and friends and this like that, that beginning today there are hundreds of players that know their next destination, whether it is just to go to a different place to play, whether it's because they're going to make money to go there, whatever the reason is. And UCF is probably going to see a number of players leave and probably bring in a number of players because like Florida, Florida State, Miami, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Texas, Tennessee, U.S., all of them, they already have an idea who's coming and going. Mm. And uh, when the dust settles, and it won't for a little bit, then you'll take a look. And players that were starters elsewhere, may now be on your roster, and players that started for you maybe elsewhere. Again, look at the quarterback two years ago that was thought to be the best quarterback we'd seen in 20 years. He's now in the portal mm-hmm. talking to you about who's offered him to come play. That's what <laughs> happens, man. Yep. That's what happens. And, right. and some are really smart and will take advantage of the financial opportunity. Some are getting awful advice. 
and, and are being told there's a market for them, and they're going to learn that there is no market, or the dollars that they're told that they can get um, are not there. But that's okay in the sense of players now have a chance to go do this. And as we talked last week, every player can do this every single year until they change it where you're committed in writing to a school for years. Everybody can enter the portal as often as they want, and right now there's no waiver to stop you from moving every single year. That's right. That's right. So Yeah. All right, we'll come back. I do want to talk about the college football playoff with you and a little bit of the NFL when the bridge brought to you by Avon Health continues next. The Bridge, Martin Daniels and uh, Mike Bianchi on this uh, Monday. (laughs) Wow, paper lace? What it happens is I just hear a song and I'm like, I want to see if Bianchi will sing along to us. I don't know know this one. (laughs) That's okay. Just catch on, Mike. You can do it. When Chicago dies. Here it comes. There you go. Here it comes. Oh, who sings this? Paper lace. I forgot all about this. <laughs> Mark, uh, who's the follow-up? There was none. You know what I want to hear this week? A uh, little blue suede or blue swede. Ooga, 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 chaka. Ooga, 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 Hooked chaka. on a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I am hooked on a feeling. So last week, um, I talked about the four teams that the committee said were the best four after the regular season and whether they should mm-hmm. lose their spot. The minute that USC lost to Utah the way they did in a neutral field, I knew the committee mm-hmm. was going to... Yeah, get rid of USC, mm-hmm. and I, I I understand why it's Ohio State, and 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 I you know I'm fine. The thing that I found Mike at times comical, and then the classic SEC propaganda media machine. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Saban going on Fox, not Fox News, but Fox <laughs> on mm-hmm. Saturday, making a case for Alabama, which. If I'd have told you in July, hey, Nick's going to have to get out there and campaign on Fox during a non-SEC game for why his team should be in the college football playoff, you would have said, Nick's not going to do that. That's beneath him. But there he was doing it. And then to use the line of, we'd be favored over other teams, which means someone gave him talking points. You don't believe that Nick Saban was... Just doing off the top of his head. Like no, someone he, said, Nick, he, these are like he, four points, right? No, he was on DraftKings.com <laughs> going over the spread. Yeah. Right. And then to play off of that, that some group of that SEC media that, you know, just goes out of their way to kiss up to Nick and to mm-hmm. uh, Greg Sankey were like, well, whether it be on a neutral field or in Fort Worth, you know that they'd be favored over TCU. So, so so, what are we doing here? Do you want the four best teams? And here's my argument. 
How far do you want to go with Alabama? Is, no, is it like, how many losses do you want them to have before you might go, okay, never mind? Like, if they lost to Texas and had three losses, they'd probably still be favored still over be favored. TCU. Do you still exactly. want to put them in? At some point, the games have to matter, do they not? Yes, I had the same discussion with somebody over the week, and I'm like, you, you can't just put teams in based on past reputation. You have to take into account... The actual season being played. So, right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Who's fa- Who would be favored, for crying out loud? Now, hell, LS, I'm trying to think. Clemson would probably be favored over TCU. Right. Comes right but down. Vegas does set lines for people that want to wager, but that shouldn't be the deciding no. factor. No. You know? Not at all. Years Not ago. close. Years ago, Brett Bielema had a 6-6 six and six Arkansas team that lost a bunch of close games. I forget what year it was, right? In the Vegas power rankings, okay, they were ninth at 6-6. Six and six. So do you want to have them play in like a, 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 you know, a playoff in a 12-team playoff and so forth? Which, by the way, do you know what the bracket would look like if we apply the new model, which is, again, the six highest-ranked Conference champions with the four highest-ranked conference champion, uh, champions getting the first four seeds. Do you know what the seeding would be? Well, it would be... I'll help be, you. Georgia 1, Michigan, Michigan two, 2, Clemson 3, Utah 4. Okay. That would be the, uh, the top four seeds. You'd have... Number six, Ohio State playing number 11, Penn State, with the winner playing Clemson. Number 10, USC playing number seven, Alabama, the winner playing Michigan. Number 12, Tulane versus number five, TCU, winner playing Utah. And mm-hmm. number nine, Tennessee versus number eight, Kansas State, winner playing Georgia. I have no issue with that. Right, but I'm just saying people would go, well, these are the top four. Not in two years, they're not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I was just lamenting... Um, Scott and I were talking about the bowl games, and I go, Scott, you looking forward to the bowls? And 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 we, we were talking back and forth, and I, I like, why do they even play the bowl games? And Scott said, because of the money. And I was like, is it really that? Damn? The schools don't really make much money on most of these bowl games, if any money at all, do they? It's, it's just programming, right? And not, and not that I mind the bowl games. I like the bowl games. I watch them. Oh, no. Right? I love bowl games. I don't have any problem with six and six yeah. teams playing. Yeah. Uh, the business model uh, is challenging for the majority of teams, including those yeah, that so maybe headed up to the Northeast in late December to play a game at a military base. So the only money, the <laughs> it's because of the money that ESPN makes, right? Uh, that is correct. ESPN is in the content business. Uh, and remember... Even what you might think is a small bowl game likely outdraws uh, a number of other sporting events because it's college football, it's the holiday season, and it still can draw one, 1. 1.5, 2, 3 million people and easily beat uh, NBA games and a lot of other sporting events and, and the majority of college basketball games. It is content. Even games that mm. are played in a weekday afternoon still will draw uh, well. Real quick before I go, have you made your Heisman vote yet? Yes, I did. So yeah. my ballot in uh, last night. Um, I think I have. Well, I know I have one guy that will not be anywhere near the top three that was in my top three, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I, I think another one is not going to finish as high as they should. And then one I think a lot of people will have. And I will say this without saying whether I voted for him, one, two, three, or is on my ballot. Um, I do think Caleb Williams is pretty immature with the fingernail stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that fits what? the Bianchi character issue, whether it impacts nah. his vote nah. or not, but nah. I just wish he didn't do it. What about uh, Stetson Bennett? What are your thoughts on him? I think Stetson Bennett will go down as one of the great college football uh, heroes for their team. If he wins another national championship, and at the age of 36, I think it's incredible to still be playing at, a, at such a high level in college football. What would you think about a voter who, you know, sometimes I do this. Uh, I'm not saying I'm going to this year, but what if a voter who is from Florida were to put, like, Jordan Travis number three on his ballot? Uh, first off, I would have a problem. Uh, nothing to do with where you are. Jordan Travis has had a very good season. You can look at the statistics, and you look at the way he played in moments that Florida State needed him to play. One of the things that I take pride in 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 my ballot is, and, and I keep notes every single week, is what do they do in meaningful games as opposed to just padding stats sometimes? I mean, I, I want to go deeper. Sometimes stats are a factor. But, and, for example, whether he's in my top three or not, Hendon Hooker, if you look, Mike, in – Tennessee's biggest games, mm-hmm. he performed, and, and, and to me, that has greater value than if he's blowing out, you know, a, a, a G five team, and like Max Duggan deserves to me Heisman consideration even before the emotion and physical performance that he had on Saturday, despite they lost. That dude had huge fourth quarters for his football team. Um, he did, you know, third and nine runs for eleven. Uh, fourth and six completes a 15-yard pass. That stuff, to me, matters. And, and, and I, I wish more voters did that as opposed to, and you know this, the overwhelming majority of voters that did no work and then do a Google search of Heisman favorites and then put their ballot together. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Peace, love, boil peanuts. Have a great show. All right, Mikey. Thank you. It's a Monday edition of the Beat of Sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple things we'll talk about. Next.